Friends, I'm bringing you something a little bit different today and this is worth the next 25 minutes of your life. Stay with me. I did an Instagram live with Dr. Rafael Michaud, who is a Hawaii-based physician and life coach who is originally from Iran. She stopped to talk to me about what's happening in Iran, a fight for justice for Mahsa Amini, a young woman who was murdered for inappropriately wearing her headscarf while on a little vacation to Tehran with her family. You should know about that. And I want you to know what you can do about it because there's something very important you can do about it. And on the surface, that's what the conversation is about, but it actually goes deeper than that. What you're about to hear is also a masterclass on how you can be an online activist for causes that really matter from where you are, whoever you are. It's a masterclass on how to care for other human beings who are oceans and continents away. It's about how to be in the wholeness of your own humanity, which is inextricably linked to that of others, to that of all of humanity. If you're like, okay, all of this sounds interesting, but I'm a little bit intimidated. Hey, I get you. I get you. I was intimidated too. I'm so grateful to Farial for agreeing to talk about this with me, for educating us. And what she offers really is a gift. And I wanted to make sure that you had access to it too. So please listen. We are going to heed her call at the end, how you too can take action to stand up for human rights, women's rights in Iran. Have a listen. How are you, Simon? Aloha to you. Aloha to you. You're in Hawaii. I am so good. How are you? Thank you so much for agreeing to come on with me. Well, this means the world to me. So thank you so much for giving the platform to even talk about this on your amazing, amazing group of women that follow you so closely. And you have always been such a mentor for me. And I just felt like, why am I not hearing more? I thank you. And I'm ashamed that I haven't done more. And I want to change that. So which is why I am so honored and grateful that you could take the time to be with me and my people today. Um, not just women, people of all genders. And this applies, this is relevant to people, whatever gender you are, wherever you are. We want to learn more about what's happening in Iran, what's happening to women. And um, It's been, it's a, it's a difficult thing to think about and it's a difficult thing to talk about. And I think, I think for lots of us, even if we care, it can be hard to talk about something that feels um, not just like far away in that it's distant, but far away in the sense that we're not familiar with the culture. We're not familiar with the people. We're not, we're not familiar with the history. So um, we, we want to learn more. Can you tell us what we should know about what's happening right now? Yeah. So I'll just share a little bit about myself. I am born and raised in Iran and I, I'm 52 years old. So what that really means that the Iranian revolution happened in 1978. So I have clear memory of when before the revolution where we dressed like this, we went to Caspian Sea wearing bikinis, people went to university like we dress here and shifted completely to the Islamic revolution, which gradually changed, right? It wasn't like the first day, now you have to put hijab on. It's like little by little, it's like, okay, now you have to have long shirt and now you have to have long pants. Now you can have to wear a scarf. So there was a transitional change 
but this change became more and more and more aggressive. I left Iran in 1989. So I lived through the Iran-Iraq war. I'm very familiar with the idea of morality police, which may be the, you know, the concept that people are hearing for the first time. And so, you know, it's all, I don't want to see it near and dear to me, but I have family. My mother still lives there. My brother, I have friends from high school who live there. I'm not in touch with them because internet is completely shut down. And what I want to talk about is what happened on September 16th, which was a very sad day where Masa Amini, a 22-year-old girl from, actually, she's Kurdish. So that makes her even another type of minority, not just Iranian, but Kurdish people for, they are, to me, the strongest people in the region. And they have been discriminated against by people in Turkey, people in Iraq, and people in Iran. Like, no matter the idea of anywhere, if you are of somebody with a Kurdish descent, you have been discriminated against all your life. And so she came from a small town from her region of the country to Tehran. And they just came for a little trip. And she came with her brother who was younger than her and mom and dad. And essentially what happened is she got off the subway and apparently she wasn't proper to whoever was assessing her. Whether a little bit of hair was showing, it's unclear. People are always saying, but the morality police essentially took her and she was yelling and ask, begging for her brother to not let them take her away. But he was younger. He couldn't do much. They took her and essentially, we don't know what happened. There's some, you know, footage. But um, essentially, she ended up going to the hospital. And three days later, they released her body. She became brain dead. And it's, you know, I think the assumption is that she was physically hurt. And she was beaten. There's no evidence of it, but they say it happened inside the van. These vans don't have inside handles. It's just very disturbing. I, I remember this. Um, as a kid, I remember being thrown these vans. So, so what I want to say is... Wait, wait, you were, as a kid, you were thrown in vans for... Like, so, you know, it was so bad. I will tell you, I was 10 years old and my father, who's 33 years older than me, the morality police would stop us and ask us what's our relationship and if we had paper to prove it, as if I could be anything else other than a daughter to my father. My brother and I could not travel anywhere together without my parents because they would separate us because they would assume I went to a birthday party at age 14 and it was a co-ed birthday party that was rated and they threw us in a van and took us to an overnight jail to decide why. I didn't get beaten up or anything like that. But that kind of terror, that kind of constant instigating fear in people will always make you worry about who's watching, who's doing what. Can you be doing this? Should you be? You can't. You can't hold hands. Um, it's just very dis it's it doesn't really it's almost like when I get to talk about that stuff I sound like a broken record to me but what's amazing what's different about this time is that because she died there has been a huge outpour of people's support and what's different about unique about her situation is number one they had pictures of her intubated and brain dead 
And whoever released that picture, and there was also a picture of her parents in the hall of the ICU holding each other, that person is in jail now. The person who took the photographs is in jail. Her husband can't get a hold of her. The person who covered that story is in jail. So that story came out and there was this huge, like, what the hell are we doing to this 22-year-old? She's not a politician. She didn't, she didn't mean anything. She just came to have a light holiday with her family. But I think what's very different this time, because if you're following Iran, since the revolution, every three or five years, we've had some in 2009, it was a green movement there. Every once in a while, people come out and demonstrate and they kill thousands of people. And that's the end of it. The government is extremely heavy handed in the way they respond to any kind of discretion, as they call it, and, and disorder, as they call it. And they will just kill senselessly. Now, why this feels very different is if your audience and people are following, you can see over and over all the cities, not just Tehran, which is the metropolitan city, but all the cities all over the region are coming out, small towns, people are coming and people are getting killed. You see women coming out, taking off their scarf and burning. And I don't want people that they see that to change the channel, because when you see a woman in Iran burning their scarf, it means they already are saying, put me to jail. Because they're that, risking death. They're saying, they know that's what, yeah. Right? Because they can't- It's not a fashion it. statement. Yeah. From the time that they burn the hijab or their scarf to the time they get home, they're walking around with their hair exposed. And they will call you, you know, a heathen and a prostitute and, you know, a kind of worm to the society. But what's different is now, not only are women are like, I don't care, just shoot me. Like you see these women, they're like, literally, they have nothing. And they just walk into this incoming bullet and they just do it. And you see the names popping up. And what you see is that men are supporting them. They're not necessarily their brothers and sisters. There is this whole, we are fed up. And they just feel like if women are showing up like this and they have nothing to lose, they are becoming, honestly, they are becoming this momentum that's pulling all these people. Like if a woman is going there getting killed, what are the guys doing sitting at home? And so I think there is such a movement and it is, it is beautiful to me. I mean, it's sad. It breaks my heart. The last data I read, it was like 70 some people have been murdered. But why it's so powerful to me is that it's happening everywhere. Watch the news. It's like October 1st is the day that it's a global day of reckoning where everybody in every town, if you're just curious, you can look it up. And if you don't, you can start your own little demonstration it could be 20 people i have been intermittently in touch with my friends and they they just say they ask please don't forget about us please be our voice please get the word out hashtag if you see a little video clip post it you know iran amazingly i was just sharing this with a friend of mine um 80 million population and the majority of them are under 22 and the majority of them 
have internet access. So with not having internet access, they're unable to put forth the videos. They're unable to tell the stories. So what I really want your audience to take from this is to be their voice. The least you can mm. is post or talk about it. When you see yeah. it, share. Got it. I'm going to pull the audio from this and put it on my podcast as well. I appreciate that. So this is a question that many might have. If they feel like they don't know anything about, about Iran, they just learned about this, they're all new, and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been so ignorant. I'm not sure what to say, or to at least I don't want to harm the movement by saying something stupid. You know, people might have fears like that. What would, you, what would be your advice? So what I want you to... Uh, your audience to know, first and foremost, this is not an anti-Islam movement. This is not an anti-hijab movement. And if you see on the internet, beautiful pictures of women with scarf holding women with their hair exposed, we want everyone to have right. It's similar, not exactly the same, but if you are pro-choice, you are not mad who are pro-life. Like we're we're saying we we recognize that this is your faith and we honor your faith we want you to practice your faith you know most of the people if you ask the iranian government the iranian government likes to sh say that iranians are 99 percent muslim this is not true it, there was a very recent i actually shared this and i'll share it with you so you can share it with your community if you need to there was a recent gallup that was shared with the community only 22% of people, actually there was 32% of people that identify themselves as Shi'i Muslim, like as if they practice, they pray, they fast, right? And then like something like 22% doesn't believe in any religion, 80, like, I'm sorry, 8.8% considers themselves atheist. So Iran is a pluralistic society. It's a diverse society. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, the rest of the people who don't want to be practicing, you know, Islam because they don't believe it, they're forced to show a version of them that they're not. So they asked to lie. So if people want to know is this is not an anti-hijab movement. This is not an anti-Islam movement. This is pro-freedom of choice of women in Iran who literally are getting killed. Not like maybe they're like getting shot in plain fight and i just want I, I and iranian women and iranian men are very connected to the rest of the world so it matters to them that you put the word out so if people don't know you need to know they're just like you and me <laughs> they're not what the tv shows you to be they're not some mullahs and the people of iran are speaking and they want to have an equal chance and they want to have an opportunity to practice their personal freedom. The very least to not wear a scarf if they don't have to. Or if they don't wear a scarf or they didn't intend to wear a scarf and their hair is accidentally showing, they should not have to live in fear that they're gonna end up dead. 100%, there, like listen, there was such a beautiful, I actually was talking to a friend of mine. In Iran, we have compulsory, obligatory Islamic education from kindergarten to high school until 12th grade, okay? Literally every day we have this education. And the morality police that will throw you in a van, handle less vans, mind you, they go and educate you. 
my conversation is if you were not educated for 13 years of formal education about the importance of hijab, if that's something that you're going to take with you, a two hour of class that they make it sound that this is just to re-educate people is just to instill fear. It's to intimidate. It's to, and, and you know what? We have thousands. I mean, I just want your audience to just be curious and Google all this. They have detained and imprisoned more than 1,500 people. And if you see the prisoners, the prisons there, because of course they're confiscating phones and there's no internet. So it's the magic of God, how a little bit of clip may come out. But if you see the conditions, it's unbelievable. The university professors are walking out. They're like, we are not going to hold classes until you tell us where are our students. Because they won't say, they don't tell people where they are. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, Imagine, I know you have a little boy, but imagine all of a sudden, like a mother comes home and the son, we don't know where they are. We don't know where their phone is. We don't know what happens. And to me, it's scary, um, Simone, because I see that like the two-time Oscar winner, Astar Farhadi, he talked about it. I know everyone who says something about it, they no longer are gonna be able to work. The government is gonna come and take him and imprison them. So it's the banana republic. It's not the same thing, but we have something like this similar in Korean history in recent you know, decades where totalitarian governments have taken kids for whatever fucking reason and disappeared them. They end up dead with signs of torture. Their parents looking for their kids, not knowing their whereabouts. So this is a history. This is my people's history too. Um, so thank you so much for saying this. This isn't an Iranian issue. This is a human rights issue. Um, that's what I'm getting. So people are probably wondering, is there an end goal? Is there something that the Iranian people want that we can give voice to? Is there, you know, is it, I, I've heard, I've seen the hashtag, um, justice for, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Um, Mahsa, it's Mahsa Amini. Mahsa Amini. Okay. Justice for Mahsa Amini. There, that, I've seen that hashtag. What does that mean? What are we not we, I don't count myself because I haven't been, but what are, what are the Iranian people fighting for? What's the, what, what's their goal? That I think that the one thing that I know, and I will share this with you is they don't want, they don't want external help, right? Yeah. They don't want Iran historically from all different countries and just understanding where it sits and the history of it, the colonialism and what was trying to happen with England, what was happening with Russia, the US, like Iran's been this, you know, it's very strategic where it is and it's very rich with oil. So a lot of people have interest and have been wanting to meddle. They're not wanting external middling. They want you to keep this out. Like they want you to keep the story, like tell their story. Since they do not have their voice, they literally, tell me is don't forget about us. So mm. post, you can put whatever. And you know, one of my friends is an activist and I was talking to her and she said, yeah, there's all these hashtag Maso Amini and like the, you know, lead singer of like Pink Floyd has talked about it. You know, gosh, I hate to name names, but any celebrity, it's, it's really getting out there. We are creating this ripple effect. And any, if you go to anybody, like you can, Kim Kardashian's picture and everybody underneath it is writing Maso Amini. Mm -hmm. Like people are just posting 
everywhere and all the time. So I think what's important is that you post regularly and you try to bring attention and people would see that hashtag 700 times and yeah. they're like, what is that? So yeah. you about it and sometimes in your, like you can write a long time, you can write a little expert of what's going on and you can have somebody you can have a conversation with someone and you can write it, but you can write hashtag Iran protest, hashtag whatever you want. But one of my friends who's an activist was saying, you can also write hashtag family, hashtag, mm. hashtag peace, so that you can include people that are not necessarily in this group, right? Like you don't want to write hashtag feminism. You, I mean, you do want to, but I'm saying you want to also open up this circle of educating the larger group that are listening. Got it. Got it. And okay. So that's right. Like I reach out to anyone that I know that I know has a large audience. I'm like, um, why are we not talking about this? And if I can help, this is the first time I've ever come to IG live. I didn't even know how to do it, but it's like, I feel driven to do this. So I'm encouraging people to do whatever they can post about it, talk about it, talk to their husband mm -hmm. and their children about it in whatever capacity, small circle or a large circle. So do whatever you can to boost the signal and you don't have to be an expert. Just so know that something's happening and it's, you should know about it. And I'm not an expert either, but let's learn together. Hey, let's not turn our, turn our, turn away. What I'm hearing is that Iranian people, they don't need you outsider to solve it for them, but they are being stifled. They're being censored. They are being, their voice has been taken away. So the least we can do is to amplify what they want to say. So don't, all you have to do is just put it in people's faces. You don't have to be perfect about it. Is that, am I understanding you, understanding you correctly? Yes. And I think the most beautiful analogy that somebody shared is that imagine you are in a prison mm. and inside you can hear people chanting your name. You may never get out, but you know that you're not forgotten, that people care. It's not the, like every person, who has gotten killed and I can go on and give you many, many names because their names are circulating. These are people who are like athletes. They're they're. I mean, it's amazing that you just fall. I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it. I'm just trying not to cry because I've been crying too much, but like the, uh, the songs that are out there, the translate, like I'm going to, I go to all these places. I translate things in English because I feel like, okay, Iranians, we're just kind of like speaking each other's language. Let's have a different language. Like my husband is, you know, half French. And it's like, I'm encouraging him to get there and translate some of that stuff in French. Yeah. It's like, get the voice out there however you can. And I want to say, for those of you who might be coaches, who you might have businesses, if your brain is offering you, oh, this might be weird because you're not the kind of person who usually talks about this. You might, people might be surprised. That's all the more reason to talk about it because if people see somebody who's an artist, who's a coach, who doesn't usually talk about these things, talk about it, they're going to be like, wow, what is it that's getting this person to talk about it? It must be something special, must be paying attention to. So if you feel like this is a departure from how you normally show up, that's all the more reason to show up. That's all the more reason it's going to be powerful for people to see you show up, speak about this. They're going to think, oh, if she's talking about it, if he's talking, if they're talking about it, I should, I better know what's, what's going on here. So I want to embolden you. It doesn't, forget about it. There's no like right, wrong way. There's no like, it's not weird or not weird. Just talk about it. So true. And I love that you said that. And I think, you know, I am a physician, I'm a palliative care physician, and I do a podcast about end of life care. And I, I remember when Ukraine happened, I did a podcast about Ukraine. Like, yeah. what am I like, who am I to talk 
about Ukraine, but it's human condition, Simon. Like we can all talk about it. I mean, this is not like, oh, I don't know what's going on. It's like the least you can do. I mean, the only way something can win is if people don't take sides. And I'm crying because inside, I, I, it breaks my heart, but it's a very simple truth in life that when there is a total, totalitarian regime, you're either for it or you're against it. No middle and, ground. and if you're against it, you better get on whatever freaking soapbox that are out there to let people know. Because, you know, we look back at Holocaust, we look back on all these terrible tragedies that happened. And then you're like, oh my God, how could that happen? This is how it could happen is people know and they don't do anything about they it. They look the other way. 100%. Yeah. This is, I know this is, it's, it's a hard thing to look at. And my friends, can we all make a promise? It's hard to look at. We'd much rather look, go look at a cat video. Can we just be with our discomfort for one more second? Can we just, just promise to ourselves, I'm going to make one decision not to look away when it'd be easier to look away. And that's how I, I become part of the solidarity with the rest of humanity who doesn't have the rights that, that I do. It's, it's the least that we can do. You don't need to know the perfect solution. You don't have to know all the things. You don't have to be a perfect activist. Make a vow with me, make a promise with me. The least I can do is to not look away. The least I can do is decide that I'm going to sit here, watch this and say her name. Justice for Maksa Amini, did I say that right? That's right, you said it exactly right and beautifully too. Thank you. Um, is there anything else you wanna say before we close? Um, I want to thank you. And I just want to say that you're not anybody who's listening. You know, you obviously have a large voice. And it's like, I want everyone. This is my, what I want. Go tell one person. Maybe you don't have to say it. Maybe you don't have to do a podcast about it. Go just tell one person. And if you're curious, you don't know about it, Google it. And whatever you learn, post it. Just post it in your stories, in your, you know, uh, post it in your actual um you know, profile grid. You can take it out later. Whatever ways you can, just almost post too much. Like I literally don't post that much, but I've been putting like pictures. Out. I'm like, this is literally the least we can do from the comfort of our home. Like who knows what I'm wearing in the bottom of my clothes right now, but I can just post 500 times. And I feel like if I can pick, if I can honor their name, if they're running in the street, burning their scarves and they're, they're, ch they're being chased after bullets and all I have to do and all they want me to do is put their voice out name out there i Amen. encourage everyone to do that that's so thank you thank you um my friends this is dr faryal michaud thank you for your passion thank you for your eloquence thank thank you for giving us what i think it was like a master class on on thinking about activism and if any anybody is thinking oh well what i say doesn't matter because i have a tiny following i'm a nobody i want to say as the marketing coach this is the time to practice believing another thought which is i don't care how many followers i have my voice matters when i speak somebody's mind if even if it's just one person is going to change as a result and my voice is worth speaking what i want to say is worth taking up space with so use that voice don't look away and we are going to be part of the crowd that's chanting their names for the people who are inside the prison and cannot communicate with the outside. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. I'm going to look forward to my, my um, feed getting filled with, uh, with posts about this, my friends. We'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.